When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Progressive's Name Your Price tool, you can find options that fit your budget. Because giving you options is the right thing to do. Oh yeah, like when I hold the door for someone. Sure, it may be weird if I don't time it right, and they're a little too far away, and now they're running. And we're both asking ourselves, is it worth it to run instead of just, you know, letting them open their own door? But still, it's the right thing to do. So get options based on your needs with Progressive's Name Your Price tool. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and third-party insurers. Comparison rates not available in all states or situations. Prices vary based on how you buy. At The Home Depot, we're dedicated to helping you build the skills that get your home projects done right. That's why we offer free and interactive online DIY workshops. During the live streams, our knowledgeable associates help you tackle your DIY projects no matter your age or skill level. You can learn how to install new single pole switches, as well as standard duplex and GFCI outlets. Register for free at homedepot.com slash workshops. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. This is Billy Cox, and you're listening to Pantheon Podcast. History in five songs. With host Martin Popoff. A production of Pantheon Podcasts. Let's rock out with Martin. Martin Popoff back again for another episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff. Brought to you by the good people at Pantheon Podcasts. We are pleased as always to be part of this vast and always expanding Pantheon Podcast Network. We're available on Spotify, iTunes, Megaphone, and over 40 other podcast platforms. Just Google us, Google me. You'll find us pretty, pretty darn easy. Um, all right. This is episode 143. It's simply called Fade Outs. I had to go uh, learn how to spell Fade Outs. I've always wondered, do you put a dash in there? Do you capitalize the O? But no, apparently Fade Out is one word, so that makes it kind of easy. All right. So um, this is something I've been planning for a long time. This is going to be a bit of a freewheeling episode because uh, we're kind of going all over the place. I haven't put things into categories here. Uh, I also found this one hard to do the music for, and uh, and I know Christy over at, <laughs> at the office is going to have a hard time with this because um, various versions of these songs, this is one of those areas where it really uh, shows that... Um, uh, you know, uh, the whole idea between analog and digital and as we move through files and different versions of CDs and then we move on to Spotify because what I found is that a lot of the cool things I remembered from a lot of these fade outs have been faded out from history uh, as you move from the original vinyl uh, through to through to digital and through to Spotify. Uh, you, you find over time songs get truncated faster and quicker and things are missing uh, because, uh, you know, uh, one one argument is is people's attention spans. They've said, you know, they don't they don't have time for a long fade out in the song. And there's often good material missing, which is kind of what this uh, this episode is all about. A um, little bit of the history of the fade out. Obviously, in the early days before recorded music, you couldn't really do this, but people have experimented with it. Um, you know, there's one example of uh, of whole planets. I think this is the one where. Uh, 
where there was, uh, I, I, this is either the one with the choir or the music. Anyways, so there's been a, a few examples where um, there's an interesting example where there was a choir and people would close the doors uh, on the choir and it would make it get get quieter. There's other examples how in the early days you had to actually just start playing quieter or remove instruments. And I actually remember there's a pretty neat example on one of my favorite live videos, the Morrissey video, uh, Who Put the M in Manchester, where at the end of that, all the musicians slowly uh, just walk off the stage, leaving uh, less and less musicians. And that's sort of like a staged fade out sort of thing. Uh, but as technology improved, you know, at one point before there was even kind of volume knobs to be able to do this, you would have the guy with the microphone just just walk with the microphone further and further away from the musicians to fade out songs. Fade outs started to become more prevalent in the 50s where you where you actually could do that. Um, people have talked about a uh, buddy of mine, Alan Cross, wrote a neat uh, article about all of this. And uh, he mentions, he cites that Bill Haley and the Saddleman uh, cover of Rocket uh, 88 recorded June 14th, 1951 is, is uh, often cited as the first uh, proper version of a fade out. Uh, although it's kind of a neat double fade out. There's, there's actually a music fade out and there's also a fade out of the Oldsmobile car in it as well. So it's kind of a double fade out there. But this whole idea of fade outs... As Alan Cross says, um, it it became, well, here, I'm, I'm going to read you some, a, a small quote here. Song fadeouts became standard practice for decades in many different genres. Um, not all subscribed to the same thinking, though. When I first became involved in alternative radio back in the 1980s, I distinctly remember thinking it odd how so many songs in the genre actually had endings. They either ended cold, so that's uh, that's called the cold ending you know, radio, radio parlance, these things matter, right? Um, uh, ending abruptly on the beat or with a last chord that naturally fades out. I became a fan of songs that took a stand uh, and actually finished. It was a declaration of mission accomplished. Kind of a neat idea here is the, is the idea that you don't want bands to fade out because it's a bit of a cop-out. You want them to write an ending, like come up with an ending and end the song properly. And there's that funny video. I know I've mentioned this before, but but I, or an, an audio thing. A guy put together all the endings of the ACDC songs and they all end very abruptly, you know, usually with a yelp or something or a, just a final chord, you know, drums, drums, maybe tom-tom drums or whatever. Uh, definitely not a fading symbol, but it's funny. ACDC does not like song fadeouts. Uh, but Alan also says today, though, the song uh, uh, fadeout seems to be endangered uh slate.com published a chart showing how top 10 hits came to conclusion came to conclusions over the decades fades began to rocket upwards in 1968 and reached a peak in 1984 when every one of the top 10 singles of the year faded out kind of cool uh things remained more or less steady until 2005 when only three of the top 10 biggest songs of the years had fades then in 2011 and 2012 the numbers dropped to zero for the first time since 1956 he says is the fade out in jeopardy hard to say definitive endings seem to provide a more satisfying listening experience when streaming a playlist but there will always be something to say about songs that disappear into the ether leaving the catchy chorus in your head that's kind of an interesting point because one of the neat things about a fade out in the abstract philosophical sense is that it's it's meant to leave you kind of lingering with those thoughts and emotions and, uh, you know, just pondering and debating uh, the song you've just heard. It's almost like it's almost like 
fading a song to nothing allows the song to kind of live on in your head because you don't know when it ended and maybe you're walking away still thinking it's playing somewhere abstractly when when in fact it it is gone um so it's kind of an interesting way to uh to let the emotions linger on uh, from, from what is there. Um, so yeah, let's get into a few examples of these and we'll take it from there. Um, a lot of help again from, uh, I believe I talked to Tim Derling a bit about this and uh, and definitely Neil Miller, my South African connection. Uh, but this is one that I've always loved right off the bat that that uh, is, is my, my prime example. Take a listen to this. This is Deal with Killing the Dragon. <laughs> All right, so I'm not sure exactly how the music's going to pan out on this one, but anyways, uh, you can go back to your CD version of this. This is actually a safe bet on this one because this is not a vinyl era album. So uh, you definitely hear it on the CD. If you go back to your CD to the end of Killing the Dragon, they actually play some of the most complicated, syncopated, rhythmic, strange um in unison, uh, different versions of the standard awesome, awesome uh, Killing the Dragon riff. This is my favorite Dio album after, really, after Dream Evil, actually. Um, and so this is the one where they kind of picked it up. It's a little speedier, Doug Aldrich, etc. But in the fade to Killing the Dragon, they just start kind of switching up the way they attack the riff. And everybody had to had to work on this you can tell you can tell that they actually probably put more work into the music that you hear in the fade as it's going quieter and quieter and quieter than they did in the rest of the song so it's it's kind of an interesting uh one that way um a few others that that remind me a bit of this here's where we're going to get a little freewheeling because i'm going to mention some cool fades that don't exactly fall into different categories but i'm just going to kind of do them linearly as i've i've got them in the notes fastway we become one on the awesome debut fastway album so that's this big brooding heavy song and what happens at the end they end the song with a big wind up and then all of a sudden uh fast eddie starts playing a new riff like hey i'm going to start writing a new song right at the end of this song so so this new riff comes in and he fools around with it a little there's something you haven't heard in the song and then it just fades out pretty interesting um Here's two that have something pretty interesting in common. Led Zeppelin's Achilles' Last Stand. It has a reverse fade of this really kind of mournful, dark, evil-sounding acoustic music played on an electric guitar. So it's like it's almost like an acoustic little picking uh, exercise uh, and this really kind of interesting, sophisticated chord sequence. So it fades in with that. Then you get the big bombastic song, which has nothing to do with that. And then it fades out with that, which is kind of interesting. Um, and then Yes do exactly the same thing on their epic Close to the Edge, you know, the greatest prog song of all time. Uh, it fades in with the um, with the birds chirping and the nature sounds. And then 17 minutes later, I believe, is the length of the song. It fills a whole side in the original vinyl. Uh, after all this amazing, amazing music, it fades out with exactly the same thing. The whole, uh, the whole birds chirping, and then the, um, you know, the the uh, the sync was, uh, synthesizer. I guess it's sequencing. I don't know. Did they have sequencing back then? I, I guess they did. Uh, but you you hear you hear synth as well, um, augmenting this sort of thing. So that uh, those two have a have a neat thing in common. Another funny fade is Talking Heads' "Life During Wartime," where 
David Byrne just goes on singing verses. He just sings new lines, uh, you know, things we haven't heard earlier, and uh, and it just fades as he's nattering away uh, on on verse stuff. So I thought that was pretty pretty interesting. Um, another odd idea with a fade: Black Sabbath, Wheels of Confusion. Remember when they started? Uh, adding on all these different uh, names uh, as part of songs to split them up. This is a this is a complicated kind of publishing thing. You see it with Budgie as well. But Wheels of Confusion had the straightener, and what they did with the fade essentially is uh, they had a long section of new music that they stuck on at the end of the song, uh, kind of kind of just a jammy thing that had nothing to do with what was happening uh, earlier. In fact, it's faster and all that as well. And then that fades out. So so they they almost kind of have a named fade on this. Another one I always thought was hilarious is uh, is Foghat Stone Blue, where you get uh, guitar soloing to fade it out, but the guitar soloing just gets impossibly higher and higher and higher. And I know we did an episode of song endings, which is different than what we're talking about here. This is more about fades. Um, but we did an episode in Sea of Tranquility of song endings, and I wasn't sure whether that's Rod Price or Lonesome Dave. Uh, on you know, Rod Price is kind of known for the guy who does the slide in Foghat, but and then someone in the comments kind of uh, clarified that whole situation. But I believe it is. I believe the answer was it was Rod Price on slide doing this higher and higher and higher and higher up the up the fretboard kind of thing. It's just howling, howling high. It's really funny. Um, so that's the whole fate of that. Uh, Aerosmith Ragdoll is kind of an interesting fade where he just goes into Neil Neil Miller suggested this one where he uh, Stephen Tyler just goes into this scatting and there's just kind of this loping beat of this New Orleans music uh, where there's uh, what would that be uh, it's a it's a woodwind of some sort like a very tiny clarinet or something like that but there's some harmonica in there um, so that's an interesting idea on a fade and another Aerosmith one that I like that's a cool fade is the lightning strike situation, which I could have sworn. So here's a here's a funny story. I was getting all frustrated working this out. I could have sworn that this song faded in and faded back out. Maybe it doesn't. I couldn't find it anywhere. I couldn't find it on my original vinyl. I couldn't find it on, on CD. I couldn't find it in Spotify. I couldn't find it on YouTube. Basically, every version says, this song is 4 minutes and 27 seconds. Um, but anyways, it still has an interesting... I thought it was a false fade that goes away and comes back, but, but no. What it does what it does is um, the music fades away and this is one of those interesting situations where one of the things in the mix is left high in the mix and here it's sort of a an interesting uh, atmospheric keyboard wash that lives on and then it goes straight into the next song so I thought that was cool so speaking of false fades um, that's what our next little uh, section or false endings that's what our next little section is going to be about uh, take a listen to this this is the clash with safe European home <laughs> All right, so this is about false endings. Um, I love the way The Clash false end uh, this safe European home song. I love The Clash, one of my favorite uh, bands of all time. So so they're doing that cool kind of um, 
groovy loping uh, musical jam uh, at the end. And there's these these strong, uh, interesting rock and roll reggae chords going on, and a, and a neat vocal arrangements. And so so the so the rhythm section falls away. And then you then you get just this uh, these chords and this and this this vocal thing and that goes on for a while and then the rhythm section all comes back so it's a false ending, um, but it's a but it's a complicated one where there is something going on to to carry you forward. Another one that is uh, is a is a pure false ending, is kiss i love it loud check out that one so that one just kind of fades away with a it goes away with the big drums and that going and then there's silence and then it and then it comes back so that's a true true false ending another interesting one that's a true false ending like this is uh roxy music in every dream home a heartache uh, i like that one because uh when it re-enters uh the, this jammy noisy music here uh when it re-enters they, they stick phase shifting on it which is kind of cool uh, Another kind of funny one is Husker Du with Ice Cold Ice. Love Husker Du. Uh, so they basically end the song, um, you know, and it's a bit of a false ending because they end the song and then and then they kerrang in with this big, huge chord at the end. So it's uh, so it kind of startles you. Um, and, you know, this whole thing about the false endings, um, Alan Cross mentions this as well, like one of the history uh, or one of the historical versions of this is the Beatles with Strawberry Fields Forever. And as he writes here in the late 60s, engineers and artists started to get more creative with fades, sometimes employing them to fix up cover, uh, fix or cover up mistakes made during the recording of the song. The Beatles Strawberry Fields Forever has a section at the end where the song fades out and then fades back in. Uh, oh, yeah, this is... Um, this is uh from from the uh from the Weir article. Who is uh, what, what's his first name here? Bill Weir. Um yeah, he he mentions that uh there was a flub towards the end of it and producer engineer George Martin faded it out before it got to that mistake, but he liked the stuff that came after so much that he decided to fade it back in. People loved it and loved it and figured the Beatles did it on purpose as an artistic statement, not realizing it was just George Martin getting around a mistake. So I thought that was cool. But Helter Skelter also does this. Helter Skelter has an absolutely pure false fade or false, uh, a fading false ending, right? So it's got those two components to it. Um, so it completely fades out and then it completely fades back in. And then it has the, the memorable ending everybody um, remembers with the I got blisters on my fingers and then that guitar thing, right? Um, a Day in the Life by the Beatles is also an interesting one uh, that has a false false ending uh, but not so much of a fade. It has that big ethereal kind of godly heavenly chord that lasts, sustaining chord. And then there's a, kind of a long near silence and then it comes back with these chattering effects kind of thing. Um, so yeah, the Beatles, um, Beatles do everything first, as uh, my buddy Ralph Chapman used to say. And uh, and definitely, uh, so here they are doing uh, all that stuff. Um, all right. This episode of History in Five Songs with Martin Popoff is sponsored by BetterHelp. Without a healthy mind, being truly happy and at peace is hard. The good news is therapy works. But what is therapy exactly? It's whatever you want it to be. Maybe you're not feeling motivated right now and would like some tools to help. Or maybe you're feeling insecure in relationships or at work, not dealing well with stress. Whatever you need, it's time to stop being ashamed of normal human struggles and start feeling better because you deserve to be happy. And now you don't have to worry about finding an in-person therapist near you to help. BetterHelp is customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live live chat sessions with your therapist so you don't have to see anyone on camera if you don't want to. 
It's a much more affordable. It's much more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can start communicating with your therapist in under forty-eight hours. Join the millions of people who are seeing what online therapy is really about. It's always a good time to invest in yourself because you are your greatest asset. And special offer to History and Five Songs with Martin Popoff listeners: you can get ten percent off your first month of professional therapy at BetterHelp.com/slash-five-songs. That's Better H-E-L-P.com/slash-five-songs. Thanks again to BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode. Okay, let's go on to our third selection here. Episode 143, Fade Outs. This is Blue Oyster Cult with Black Blade. Take a listen. All right, BOC has a lot of interesting stuff. This is just a very short section we're going to go do here. But one of the cool things I thought for this episode, I didn't, I didn't get this ambitious, but it's interesting to uh, kind of almost go through a complete catalog. You could almost do probably a whole episode on BOC. But what I like about this one is this is the one where there's that vocorder talk at the end and it's kind of new music and it's got that repeating synth pattern uh, by Alan on here. Black Blade is very close to my favorite Bluish Cult song of all time, it might be. Um, but you've got this distorted uh, vocorder talking that gets progressively more distorted and then there starts to be laughing and then what people uh, assume is you poor effing humans at one at, at one point. And it just, and then the laughing uh, keeps going and it's more distorted and and it slowly fades. BOC, I, I kind of just for fun went through this album and uh, and noticed that BOC does kind of a lot of a mix of fades and uh, and karanging, you know, cold uh, cold endings as they say. Uh, but but an interesting one also on here is uh, is so Black Blade is the first song on the album. This is on Cultosaurus Erectus, and the last song on the album, Unknown Tongue, has a really cool fade as well. Um, so it's, it's going off and, uh, and it's going reveal, you know, as, as the chorus refrain says, re reveal to me, uh, the unknown tongue or something like that. But, but it, but at the end it repeats this reveal to me, reveal to me, and it gets, uh, more demonic and more distorted sounding as it goes on, as, as it goes into the fame, just this reveal to me, reveal to me. And that's the end of the album. I thought that was really cool. Um. Fire of Unknown Origin has a good one on the actual song Fire of Unknown Origin where you've got, you know, sometimes what you do with these fades is you have uh, gives give someone a blow, right? Give someone a solo. Um, take take a, uh, you know, this take your take your spotlight. And here you've got Alan doing his kind of best stranglers impression, Dave Greenfield almost. Uh, so he gets to uh, to keyboard solo uh, at the end of that song, which I thought was really cool. All right, let's move on. Take a list, take a listen to this, our fourth selection, Thin Lizzy with Black Rose. All right. So one of the neat things about this is is you get Phil uh, Phil Linet essentially vamping a bunch of vocals, and this is something that Phil does on a lot of these 
a lot of these songs. Black Rose is uh, as as uh, Neil Miller has has written here, and he's he's kind of right on this, and, and a little it's a little more general than what he's saying here. But Phil name checking all the Irish legends and places up to the end when it fades out suddenly, adding to the timeless feel. It's as if the song is still playing somewhere in some lush Irish glen where all the legends reside, but it just briefly faded in and out of your mere mortal hearing range! Exclamation mark! I thought that was really cool, but um, yeah, it. It, it's true like like he he kind of you know it's like he has some words ready or maybe he doesn't maybe they're on a piece of paper maybe not but that's kind of cool and uh it also happens in uh one of my favorite thin lizzie songs uh it's getting dangerous uh where where in the fade uh great great thin lizzie music going on and and phil does his little bit of vamping of course another famous one is in do anything you want to where he goes elvis is dead the king of rock and roll is dead you know and then really really quietly at the end of the fade he's, he goes one for the money two for the show um so that's kind of cool Sweetheart off of Chinatown does kind of the same thing. Uh, there's some good lines thrown in there. It's affected me, my sacred sweetheart. Sugar Blues, same kind of thing. Uh, in the fade, he starts going kind of gimme, 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 sugar cane. Um, so that's kind of a kind of a trend that you'll hear in some of the Thin Lizzy fades. But uh, maybe someone more ambitious than me can go in and go through every single Thin Lizzy song and write a, write up a cool article of the Thin Lizzy fades. Um, and that's yeah, I, I like that idea you could do that probably with blue oyster cult you could do it with led zeppelin there's some cool stuff i know for sure um anyways uh black sabbath there's another one that you could probably find some really cool stuff in the fades uh take a listen to this this is our fifth selection it is black sabbath this is children of the grave <laughs> about this fade is the music ends and then you've got um i'm kind of cheating here because this is more of like a cool sound effect thing at the end but it does fade technically so it fits as part of this but it goes into that that weird tony iomi wobbling feedback thing and then you hear the really quiet whispers echo echoing children of the grave and all that right and then there's right at the end though there's this eerie organ thing that comes in um before it actually starts fading so i thought that was really cool a few other ones like this that are kind of cheats that are more about the effects that happen at the end of the song but but they do technically fade is stars with x-ray specs where he stops and goes x x x x budgie black velvet stallion where it stops cold and then you get that big bell sound very very doomy and then there's a fade you know rush what you're doing from the live album all the world's a stage you get to the end uh, and then you hear them like saying, hey, yeah, yeah good, good job, Tony, or whatever, something like that. And then you hear these big doors slam and then you hear these footsteps go off in a distance. I thought that was pretty cool. And and speaking of footsteps going off in the distance, The Damned on These Hands, uh, one of my favorite, favorite damned songs. 
uh, at the end, there's uh there's these footsteps, and then um, uh, and then there's a then then Dave kind of laughs. You know, there's kind of a stalker situation going on there. Uh, and one that's closer to a fade is is the dog by the Damned, another great great Damned song. The music fades out. This is one that's a little bit like the Lightning Strikes Aerosmith one, where the music fades out and you're left with something. And here, the music fades out and you're left with these really evil sounding dogs growling and nipping and 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 uh and dave going ooh ooh kind of in the background as well it's kind of kind of really cool uh the dam does a lot of cool stuff at the end of their songs burglar's a really funny one as well check that one out that's another great great damn song that was a non-lp song which is kind of cool um just a couple of notes I wanted to mention as well. Shannon Mahaffey uh, mentioned some cool things when I first brought this up on the Facebook. He says, should prog bands be allowed to do fade outs? Fade outs don't really work well in prog settings. They work well in pop type music. Example, that Signals record, none of the fade outs work there. Yeah, so he brought up uh, Rush Signals. Kind of interesting. Uh, there's a bunch of fades on here and he thinks he did a, they did a lousy job of the fades on, on Signals. Kind of interesting. We had a, had a good discussion about that. Uh, they should have figured out endings, he says. Has the great uh, King Crimson ever done fade outs? Very seldom. Neurotica fades out, but it works there. A fade out works in pop music because it's just repeating an emotion that sums up the song over and over again. So you made the point and you faded out with it. That notion does not work in Prague because they're rambling on about something and it just fades out. And as you hear it, uh, as if your hearing, as if your hearing went bad, it's like listening to a news broadcaster fade out. Yes, and I love that layer of another thing. Uh, yeah, he mentioned another thing coming. That's that's another one where I guess Rob Halford kind of vamps a little vocally the way Phil Phil Lynott does that. Um, let's see what else. Um, yeah, he mentions lightning strikes as well. 1982 was uh, sure a good year for rock music. It's my favorite year. I segregate my music by year. Martin, um, Neil Miller mentioned a few other things. What does he say here? Um, let's see. Um, he mentions, uh, I didn't go play this one. This would be pretty interesting. You're a heap dreamer. He says, David Byron tried out some different vocal melodies in the fade out. Steely Dan Asia. Steve Gadd rides the crest of the slickest groove wave into the sunset. Asia, heat of the moment. Steve Howe's stinging guitar leads over Carl Palmer's martial drum beat that do not appear elsewhere in the song. Pretty interesting. ELO, Mr. Blue Sky, please turn me over. Um, Audio Slave, Show Me How to Live, not technically fading out in volume, but more the song decaying into silence. Um, that awesome Middle Eastern robotic auto-tune sounding thing Chris Cornell does with his voice. In fact, achieving, achieved by tapping his throat as he was singing the melody. Bebop Deluxe, Sister Seagull, Bill Nelson's guitar recreates the sound of a flock of seagulls. I can practically smell the guano. Um, Rolling Stones, Start Me Up, You Make a Dead Man Come, or More Tea Vicar, uh, uh, Roxy Music Avalon, Ethereal Siren Song Fading Out, no doubt luring a bleary-eyed Brian Ferry uh, to her plush penthouse. Um, yeah, so that's kind of cool. So there's some some other uh, interesting examples there. I wanted to mention as well, uh, somewhere on the Facebook when I first brought this up, someone mentioned Robin Trower, Victims of the Fury, has, I think, multiple very hackneyed bad fadeouts. And that's a point I wanted to make. Sometimes fadeouts are designed and then you know you've got the 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 edits of of songs uh turning long songs into singles and often they're done with kind of a hackneyed fade out but a fade out is is yes it's often used to shorten a song 
and uh, and you can tell that going on on Victims of the Fury. And there are also examples out there of bad fade outs that uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but there's ones where it seems like the volume goes down drastically or in steps where you can hear a big drop and then other drops and you go, well, they, they didn't do that very well. So so the fade is not very gradual or, uh, or tasteful uh, the way they did it. So that happens as well. Um, so there you go. Uh, if you liked this show and want to support future episodes, please go to Kofi rhymes with no fee.com uh, slash Martin Popoff. Hit that red support button and buy me a coffee or a pint. On that front this week, I would like to thank Andy at Black Sugar Transmission, Joe Becht, Bel Air Expediting, Bruce Campbell, David Fisher, Ryan Gavalier, Sasha Kellerman, Augustine Garcia de Paredes, and Brian Sager. Uh, on the book front, of course, you can go to martinpopoff.com for all your book needs. I did run out of the Judas Priest visual history um, and the UFO, but I am getting uh, two more boxes of each, roughly, uh, coming soon. I did run out of the Thin Lizzy as well, but I'm getting one more box of that, so I will have those. Um, so yes, those are kind of in print. Uh, uh, those, while those are still in print, um, some of these I'm going to stop getting copies of. So uh, if you if you like these books and you like the concept, still have the heap. Got a few of the Hawkwind, very few of the Nazareth left. Uh, the other thing that is now uh, a reality and which is going to fade as the hardcovers go away, I have all three of the Rush trilogy in hardcover and all three of them now in softcover as well. So martinpopoff.com for all of that. Um, I hope the music made some sense here, but this was almost one of these where the music is just to remind you of the fade and you you may have to go uh, to your CDs or in some cases right back to your vinyl to see what I'm talking about in some of these fades. And, and in some of the ones where we didn't do the music, probably if you have the vinyl, go straight to the vinyl or go to your CDs because yes, out there in digital world, uh, this is a lost uh, this is lost information, not not so much a lost art, but it's definitely lost information. Uh, so there you go, fade out. Find all of our shows, notes, social, and links at www.pantheonpodcast.com or wherever you listen to great podcasts. All songs can be found for purchase on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Please purchase these great and important tracks. Find us on Facebook at the RNRAP. We are on Instagram at RNR Archaeology. Tweet us at RNR Archaeology. Progressive presents Adjusting to the Suburbs. It never dawned on me how much walking I used to do until I bought a house in the suburbs. Like when I'd say, I'm going for coffee, of course I was walking. But now it's like three miles, and no latte's worth that. I find myself inviting people on walks with me, like it's a scheduled activity. This morning, my neighbor asked me what I'm doing, and I actually said, I'm going for a walk with Nancy. Anyway, when you save with Progressive by bundling your home and auto, that's the easy part of adjusting to the suburbs. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company coverage provided in service by affiliates and third-party insurers. At The Home Depot, we're dedicated to helping you build the skills that get your home projects done right. That's why we offer free and interactive online DIY workshops. During the live streams, our knowledgeable associates help you tackle your DIY projects no matter your age or skill level. You can learn how to install new single pole switches as well as standard duplex and GFCI outlets. Register for free at homedepot.com workshops. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football 
FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.